Welcome to this episode of The Cycle. I'm Brandon Bordeaux, joined by Greg Horn, and we have a special guest in studio today, head coach of the U18 Warhawks, Jesse Lahash. Jesse, welcome aboard. Yep. Welcome, welcome to hell. <laughs> you need to be more articulate than... Yep. <laughs> It's okay. You can show some emotion. We, we've seen you show some emotion like this past Saturday. Very, very recently. Very recently. <laughs> yeah. We'll get into what was a quite an emotion-filled week and of uh, baseball. U13s, U15s, U18 Warhawks all in action. Plus, U9 girls uh, playoffs regional starting tonight. The girls are in action. And the U9 championship game, which is taking place this evening as well. It'll be a 5.30 start time, red against blue for the championship. We do believe it is taking place at Maddie's Park. There was a scheduling conflict, but it looks like as of right now, it's going to be happening over at Maddie's. And then that the U9 girls game, which was scheduled for Maddie's, has been moved to the hospital ball field. Playoffs, you gotta take, they got to take place on the bigger stage. Oh, yeah, and, and anything can happen during the playoffs. Yes, yes, definitely. Like three Gahnawagi teams winning the Lac St. Louis Regionals, which happened. Uh, U13s, coached by Ronnie Stacy, winning the Regionals. U15s, coached by John Mayo. U18s, coached by uh, Jesse Lahash. Now, Jesse, we could talk a little bit about this past weekend, but let's just, let's just go back a little bit to... Uh, what happened in the regionals because the regionals was a little bit interesting as well for you guys. So your first game, it's against two lounge. It's a seven, six, it's a one run game. And then what you're not preparing for happens. Uh, the game gets basically disqualified. You basically end up with a default quote unquote, seven, nothing loss, even though you're winning seven, six. Yeah. And you remember, remember what happened, like what specifically led to that and why was uh, your player ejected? Oh, we only went up uh, nine players, and by the rules, you have to have nine. If one player gets hurt, one player gets uh, thrown out of the game, well, then you got to forfeit the game for not enough players. So I understand where this player is coming from that got thrown out because he threw his bat after we got a warning, and mm -hmm. he just lost his emotion and threw him out, and then the other coach called the rule, and then the uh, game was over. We lost... Even though we were winning. <laughs> yeah, that's it. 7-6. Just like the first time you guys played against Sulaans when that game ended uh, a little prematurely. Yeah. So then you go into uh, the quarterfinals against the team which finished first in the league during the regular season when you guys weren't there. Lachine A's. Down 5 nothing after one inning in that game. What do you remember most about uh, that comeback and how you guys went on a 9-1 run to end it? Just keeping the boys positive, keeping their heads up. Let them know they have a chance every time they're up at bat. And our pitching has to give our team a chance. Like baseball is a game of pitching. If the pitcher goes out there, no damage done. Well, it gives you a chance to get some runs and keep chipping away. So we're getting one run here, two runs there, kept chipping away, and eventually we came back. And defense really held the fort to that game. Defense held the fort, and our, our bats started waking up when we needed them most. That brings you guys into the semifinals. By the way, you had a playoff game right before that, the night before against Saint Laurent. Uh, you guys won that one thirteen one. Then the quarter, the semifinal game, you guys just came out and looked looked dominant pretty much from the get go of that one. I believe that was a fourteen to a thirteen three win, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, over yeah, exactly. DDO. Yeah. And then that brings you guys to the finals. So you guys get off to a good start, three nothing, and then the shot that we're waiting for happens. Uh, bottom of the second, 
Nobody, uh, nobody up. One down. Lucas Dybo takes a shot to deep right center, and it clears the fence. Hits the pole, the telephone pole in right field. Tell you guys are up four nothing. What what can you say to describe that one hitting a, a home run in the grand uh, the grand finale of the regionals? That was great to see. A lot of kids were talking about it all season. Different parks like ah, this one's hittable, this one's hittable. Nobody's come close, but uh, Lucas he ended up pulling it off. I would call him on the bench. There is lucky Lucas. <laughs> <laughs> he always finds a way. He is always like a clutch hitter, a clutch player. At a certain time we need it, he somehow pulls it off. And uh, that really set the tone for you guys. Sulano's kind of made a rally in that game. I know you were up, uh, what was it, 6-1, I think. They made it a little more interesting. It was uh, 6-3 at one point in the top of the sixth. Your bats had gone quiet for a little bit. And then the the pitching staff, what what can you say about the pitchers and the way they just held the four for you guys? For that part, it was was great. I had all my kids there. The pitching was, was all on. Everything worked out perfect. So, I mean... They end up winning, so you can't ask for anything better, right? Well, no, that's it. And uh, right before that, earlier that evening, the U15s had won. It was funny. We'd seen uh, Terry, Terry Stacy come up from uh, where the championship game was in uh, Park Bedard. No, that Park Bedard was where our final game was. Yeah. But the U15s were in Coteau du Lac, which is like about a 15-minute drive from where we were. So seeing them come up and then having both teams with banners – and then having like assistant coach Lee Snow pose with his two sons who were on the two teams at one. That was really like that was like the icing on the cake of what was already like a great a great playoff up to that point. Yeah. And we remember the U thirteens had won there the day before. What what was it like having to wait like those twenty four hours in between that game? Because you know you were supposed to play on the Sunday night. Yeah. But there's a rain delay, and then you're getting your guys ready all charged up and then it's like oh crap we can't do it we have to we have to stay behind oh for me it was uh it made me second guess a lot of things i wrote that lineup about eight different times (laughs) (laughs) it was eight different scenarios and then where to position kids in the field and i just wanted it to go the way it went so i mean you can't really prepare yourself for that but it's uh when you get a rain delay or a day off kind of sucks because you could, could lose momentum yeah you know uh, that Sunday, I had all my kids there. That Monday, I had to get call up. Yeah, that's right. Because a lot of kids work or go to school, so it, it was a little bit more of a challenge. But they ended up pulling it off. So shout out, by the way, to Olivia. Right, she got hit by a pitch in that game and came back and she, scored a run. She scored a run. She in that didn't game. even flinch. She just ran right to the bench. I mean, right to the the bag and took it like a champ. <laughs> yeah, and uh, she ended up leaving the day as a champion, right? Because yes, sir. She ended up winning uh, that game. So that brings you into the regionals, uh, sorry, the provincials. Game one, just wild. I, I don't think we could, I don't think there's anything more you can say. Anytime there's a combined forty three runs, yeah, <laughs> uh, a wild game. You guys are down though, ten one heading into the bottom of the second. What's the message that you give to your kids right there? Don't give up. They came back from runs before. They can do it again. It's uh, it's. It's baseball, man. You gotta give that batter their chance. You're either gonna walk them or you're gonna pitch it down the middle, and they have to hit. Yeah. So it's you gotta give them their chance, and uh, our boys took advantage. I told them make the strike zone twice as big as it normally is. Mm-hmm. So I want to see hitting. I don't want to see walking. We got more of a chance of getting a double, a triple, than a single on a walk. So. So you guys were down ten one, and then you were down eighteen to nine. You're down by nine runs on two different occasions. 
Have you ever been part of a game like that, which somehow, some way, still goes into extra innings? Uh, coming back from runs that much, yeah, I've been part of that a couple of times. But extra innings, that was a first for me. And I'm pretty sure it's a first for a lot of these kids. But I had to motivate them with pizza on wings. <laughs> <laughs> it worked the first time throughout the year. We were down by nine runs. It says, you guys come back from this, all the pizza on wings you want on me. And... Well, it, and they, they, they fucking back. pulled it off, so it was, uh, <laughs> ended up uh, costing me pizza on wings. <laughs> you lost to the eventual uh, fourth-place finishers, the Longale Pioneers. That was a wild 23-20 game, which puts you into the uh, Saturday game against Laval. Now, Laval jumps out to a big start. There's a little bit of a, a lull kind of like in the middle of that game where it's just it seems like you're playing there, but... It almost feel, felt like you guys were drained from, for like a little bit. They went up 8-3. But then the bottom half of that inning, that open inning, you guys make a rally. I think it was 8-4 going into open innings. And you guys held the fort in the top half of the open. Bottom half, you guys end up scoring a run and getting that rally going. And then with the score, I believe, 8-5 at this point, you have two runners, or two runners aboard. You get a runner that goes from first to second. And I think we know pretty much what happened from this day forward. But what 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 ends up going through your mind when you hear the first umpire call safe and second umpire gets asked? I was just, they better not turn the call over. Mm -hmm. They better not turn the call over. And sure enough, they turn the call over. And well, then I just uh, It's an emotional it game. And, uh, it's an yeah. emotional game. Well, not only that, you don't. Kids are on a rally here. They're starting to come back. You don't, uh, don't take that away from them for uh, a reason like that, you know. And that that's one of a couple of uh, controversial calls, which actually ended up being what could have been considered game-breaking uh, decisions. Certainly the U13s, which we'll get to in just a little bit. So you guys end up uh, losing 8-5 in that game to Laval East. At the end of the game, you have to kind of talk to your kids about how the game went. Yeah. Like you, you you rallied. Obviously, it's just the a couple a slew of a couple of bad starts towards the games. Yeah, bad starts and uh, I call it catch up ball. Yeah, like once you go down, it's it. You gotta get at least one two runs per inning to stay into the game and keep competing. But uh, if you get shut out an inning or two and they keep getting more runs, then it's you're playing catch up ball and it's one of the hardest games to play. And don't forget, you guys are exhausted after coming back from that much of a gap, especially like the first game where you came back from nine runs twice. Yeah. You're exhausted. Like people don't seem to realize that. Like you're, you've been trying so hard and trucking along so hard for so long to keep this game interesting and to keep it close and to close the gap and then you eventually tie it. You guys must have just been like exhausted after that first game. Oh, it's adrenaline. It's uh it's fun. Yeah, I love it. It's uh, the emotions are up and down. Your adrenaline's going. Your every every emotion in the book is going at that mm. point. If you're uh, passionate about a sport, I, you know I'm passionate about baseball, and yeah, it's I don't know. I love the I love the feeling. What was your message to them uh, after after the game on Saturday? On Saturday's game, I, I know that uh, you kind of had to go talk to them from afar. Yeah, but uh, what what was what was the message that you gave? Basically, like a year end message. And, uh, we're still champs. We're yeah. champs in our division. Uh, I couldn't ask for a better season. Obviously, didn't like the way it ended, but shit happens, and uh, we're part of history. Here, three teams to make it this far. 
it's uh, it's great. So uh, I can't really complain that much. But we left our chances on the field. Yeah, we had our chances. We can't blame it all on one call. And just have to suck it up and take it as it is. So looking forward to next year. I know I know we're a long ways away, but really nine months. How long? How far is that? Like nine months from regular season starting, maybe give or take a few a few less from uh, actually getting preseason or training camp going. What are you looking forward to for the 2022 season? Now a repeat. I'm looking for a repeat. We did it in uh, Mosquito. We yeah. went back-to-back champions. And I'm looking for the same thing because I'm only losing three players, I believe, or four players due to age out. And we've got a lot of great kids coming up mm-hmm. and a lot of talent coming up too. So I'm looking for a repeat. If they keep us in B, if they keep us, put us to A, then uh, – well, I'm going to start a training camp early uh, winter, maybe try and practice them once, twice a week, depending on my son's hockey schedule. Uh, they they might be doing that because there might be enough kids that have two teams from Ganoagi yeah. next year. So that should be a, a whole lot of fun. Yeah. And that's just one team, folks, that made it into the re- the provincials this past weekend. Like, really what Jesse was saying was how historical this was. It, re- it really was. And the U15s, well, John Mayo's team, very first game that they played in the regionals, lost 11-1, and then just came back and didn't look back, really. Like, we were there at a couple of games. The first game which they played was against Rapontine, who actually ended up winning the finals. So they played the first place team. They played the two teams who played in the finals, head-to-head, if you think about it. That's just how okay. difficult the competition was. So they lose 11-1 to Rapontine, come back the next day, and pretty much look in command throughout the day in that game that got them to the quarters. They win like an epic 5-4 game against Foren, I think it was, in the quarters. And then the semis, Greg, you were there against Dumontang. What a seesaw battle that was. Oh, yeah. It, you know, it was back and forth. And, and, and you know, again, it came down to the, the, the pitch count rule. And, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and, it, and it's all about strategy. Okay, you know, you, you only have... Uh, batters, uh, pitchers that can, you know, can't pitch three days in a row and you can't, uh, pitch more than 90 pitches in a day. So, so it's about, uh, trying to make sure that your best pitchers are available for, to get you to these games. And, uh, on Saturday, uh, they ended up using, uh, Rohajio Stacy and the Hororo Daibo, yeah. um, to their max and, and they weren't able to pitch, uh, on Sunday. But if, if they didn't do that, then they're not making it to Sunday, right? So yeah. uh, it's a judgment call and, and, and you know, and I think they, they did the right thing. And then it was just about uh, trying to manage that. And, and, and you know, luckily they got Wyatt Mayo back yeah. uh, as a pitcher, um, you know, and, uh, and James Phillips. And yeah. uh, they both played very well and, and, and gave them a chance to, uh, to move on. Uh, unfortunately, they lost a very close game in, mm-hmm. uh, in extra innings. Um, in in the semifinals, and then they they went on to the to the bronze medal game. Yeah, and when you lose a game like that, and you go eventually to to bronze, like you you've been there, Greg, where with the the Mohawks, where you've lost a, a nail biter, maybe in the semi or a nail biter the, the day before, like a round robin format that puts you into the bronze medal game. It's not like it's not like you guys are not into the game, but it's sort of like yeah, we want to do this, we want to win this, but ideally we would be in another game oh yeah you know for sure and that 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 you know there's 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 an emotional high and and uh you know you're you're, you're going through a lot and and you're putting a lot of effort in to get to that point yeah. right and 
if you fall short, it's, you know, it's a huge letdown and, and, uh, you know, there's only an hour between, uh, the semifinal and, and, and the bronze medal game too. So, uh, it was a very quick turnaround and, and, you know, you can see it, right. Uh, you know, uh, seeing these, uh, kids play, uh, they gave their all, you mm-hmm. know, and, and, you know, you, they get to this point and, and they're just exhausted because that now it's six games they've played in, in three days and you don't ever do that. Right. In, in, oh, in, in, no. in, in the entire season. And maybe that might be the one advantage of the team who they lost to in the bronze medal game had was they, they lost 10 two, they lost 10 two in the semis. They weren't in it. Like, I don't want to say it's, Oh, you'd rather lose 10 two than lose like an extra innings because you had a chance to win that first game. But, that team kind of knew like early on, okay, well, we're playing for bronze. Yeah. So let's try to do our best in this game and bring it all out for bronze. Whereas we thought, well, we might be playing for a goal. We might be going for all the marbles. Well, yeah, you know, and, and they were playing very well. Uh, they started chipping away and coming back. And, uh, you know, they in, in, in extra innings, they were down. Uh, and then uh, Toby Goodleaf, uh, he, was on, he was on base and... Uh, he was actually able to. He, he got a hit, and mm-hmm. and then uh, he ended up scoring scoring a run and 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 really putting them in. And the kids were on the bench and rally caps and everything. Yeah. They were, you know, and and uh, they, they, you know, they were really happy for 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 uh, for Toby because he, you know, uh, he he didn't get a lot of hits uh, throughout the the first couple of days, and then he got this really important hit, and 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 and, and it helped in 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 getting to that point right yeah. where they were gonna. Uh, potentially be into the gold in the gold medal game, uh, you know, and then at the end at the end of it, they're they're, you know, two runs uh, down. There's bases are loaded. Yeah. Uh, you know, Jace Norton is on is on base and uh, with a full count. You know, and you know if Jace makes it uh, makes it to base, then you got the top of the order coming up, and 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 they're gonna. You know they're gonna win. And, and if you and, think about it, if Jace gets a base hit, hits the ball to the outfield, the game's tied at yeah. least at the bare minimum. Or or, or he gets uh, walk. walked, and 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 they're down by by one, and the Hordo will come yeah, come. Come off hitter. You know, and it was just so close, and then 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 to to see it end like that, it was just you know it was like the, the you know you could see the wind going out of the sails, and you, but know. you can also you can also say that like they they did that damage. They were down like by three or four runs. They loaded the bases with the part of their lineup which is not known for being the most dangerous. Yeah. So they all came to play. Oh, yeah. You know, they all came yeah. to they, play. They were all, uh, you know, they gave it their all. You know, every every single kid on that in that lineup, uh, you know, played their hearts out. And, you know, it was, it was an amazing game to watch. So that was uh, the U15s losing a heartbreaker uh, in the semifinals, 13-11 to Dumont Tanks, eventually having to settle for fourth place. Which is fourth place in the province. Yeah, and fourth Dumont, place in the province. And Dumontane ended up winning the the provincials. So you're you're gonna lose to a team, you might as well lose to the champs, right? Yeah. And they, their only two losses before the bronze medal game were to the two teams who played head to head in uh, the final. Greg touched on something, Jesse. That I wanted to get to you with quick because you're the one that had to make these kind of adjustments throughout the tournament. Pitch count. Uh, what what what's what's the kind of strategy you went into like with with pitch count? Uh, you got a number of players that could pitch and could throw for you guys, but what was your strategy based? Because I know you ended up uh, you used your starter for a good portion of the uh, Friday game. 
Yeah. And then the Saturday game, it's like, well, you might be playing too. Like, what's what kind of strategy? It all depends on how that game starts and uh, how how it goes. If you're we got a good lead, then you you got some leeway to use. Uh, you know, some of your bullpen pitchers, I'll call them. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Guys, coming up, <laughs> guys who come in for relief uh, for an inning or two, generally speaking. Yeah, and then you try and out. save the top guys, your your number one, number two pitchers for uh, the games getting close, or if you think you're going to win this game and advance to the next game and use them on a tighter game. It's pitch count is a it's a coaching game at that point because now you can't just use your one guy for more than fifty pitches. Yeah. You have to sit a game, and yeah. you're playing sometimes two games in one day, so. I had my son pitching, and uh, I barely used him all year, and he was he was spot on. We ended up losing the game still, but I pitched in the whole game at a max of 100 pitches, mm-hmm. and now he's burnt for the tournament. So, all right, now we're through game one. Now I can use my number one and number two pitchers for game two. Yeah. And, well, didn't work out the way it planned, but uh, if I could do things different, I probably would have did it a little different. You know, and baseball is one of those games where it's it, it it's situational, right? Yes. Yeah. And, and and every situation is, calls for something different, right? Yeah. So, you know, and, and again, uh, you know, it, it it's always one of those things that makes it makes it more difficult, right? Yeah. Uh, we've seen situations where Jose Canseco went up to pitch. Yeah. <laughs> now, unfortunately, blew out his rotator cuff while pitching with the, the White Sox, but now we've seen situations where guys that don't pitch come out and pitch because of the scoreline. If you were up 17-2, to for example, in that game, uh, the first game, I don't know if you would have used your son for the max. No, I wouldn't have used him for the max at all. But he was pitching so good and giving our team a chance every inning. He had, uh, I think, four shutout innings where they didn't really score any runs, and it gave us a chance to come back and chip away at the score. But uh, we just fell short. But like I said, I would have did things a little different. Uh, I won't lie, I lost a day of sleep over it. <laughs> That's all right. The baseball season's, at least this portion of the baseball season, is done uh, for the U13s, U15s, U18s. Yeah. Didn't even touch on the U13s. Uh, this team was three and four in the middle of the year. They were three and four. They were barely staying afloat uh, in the Lac St. Louis standings. Finished a modest fourth place overall, 10, 6, and 2. And then they go on this magical run. That takes them to six and zero. They make it through the. They win the regionals. Then they move on to the uh, provincial championships. Now the first game that they played was against the champions from Gatineau, the the Giants. And they go up six one. It ends up being like a six two game, three two runners on, two outs in the top half of the fifth inning. And this is one of those first times where I learned, like, okay, there's a lot of rules that are going on, specifically for the provincial championships. So they hit a ball that makes it to the outfield, and it looks like all three runners are going to score. Two runs are in, but there's a close play at home plate. But this is where I learned that if it's a close play and you're a runner, you have to slide. Yeah, that, that's, that was the one that, like, really made me think, okay, well, we're really in for it now. Yeah. We're, really, we're really in for, like, a very interesting call. So the Giants end up having that runner, which probably would have been safe anyway, called out. So now there's two down. They end up hitting a soft grounder to end the inning. But you think about it, if that grounder was hit with a runner on third and one out, maybe it's 6-5. And then the Warhawks score five. They come back at score five, and pretty much the game's out of reach, winning at 11-6. Now everyone was talking about the play, which we'll get to. 
in the quarter in the, the next round against Drummondville. Warhawks jump out to a 4-1 lead after one inning. And the bats went silent for four innings. They didn't score a single run. It's 4-3 heading into the top of the uh, the fifth. Drummondville maxes out, and we don't score. So it's 8-4. Jackson Norton comes in, strikes about 1-2-3, and it's still 8-4 coming into the bottom of the sixth. The very first batter strikes out, and it's like, uh-oh. You know, got two outs left in the season. But then Russell Dahoe Gabriel comes up and hits a shot deep into right. Now, we played in the first game, they played in a field that was 230 feet all around. We've seen Gabriel hit a home run out of a park that was 278 to right center. <laughs> so we've literally seen the ball leave the yard. We've seen a ball leave the yard where he hit. Couldn't hit the ball out of the yard in the first game, but the second game they move us to the field, which is 330. The full 100 feet deep, which is like, wow, okay. And he ends up hitting a shot, which probably goes about, according to my eyes, 260, 270. He get makes it the third, and then he's caught in a rundown. But like what Jordan Norton did uh, in the regionals and what uh, Kobe Lahash did for you guys in the uh, the the regional game against St. Laurent, he kind of just hurdles over the catcher, trying to tag tag him, whereas Kobe was the second baseman. Scores a run. Very first, very next pitch, Jaden Norton hits a double to left field. It's like, okay, the rally caps are on now. Day five. We're, we, we're going somewhere. Lily Barnes gets hit in the back of the head by a pitch. She has to, she, that's the rule. If you're hitting the helmet, you have to sit out. Even if you're okay, the last guy to get out, the last player that gets out has to run for you. So Jordan Norton, who has speed to burn, by the way, on the base paths, comes on. Each runner moves up 75 feet, stolen bases. So second and third now, one out. And then there's a, a bloop single. One run scores, 8-6. Runner on third, a walk. Back-to-back right, -back walk. So the bases are loaded. Two down. There's a 3-1 count. And they there's a soft roller to the third baseline. The flip to second is an out. And they throw down to first. And despite... Some video replay showing that the runner beat it out. They call him out. And that's the way the, the season came to an end for the U13s. And we actually did try to show it to uh, the officials, the organizers, but they made the call and said, once there's a call made, you can't you can't reverse it, even if there's clear video evidence. Uh, funny, eh? <laughs> Jesse knows. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're U18, then they can reverse the call. Yeah, I guess so. That might that must be it. So that is basically how the season ended for the U13s, U15s, and U18s. But let's not look at how the seasons ended because all three of them pretty much ended on close, tough calls. One in extra innings, one with the bases, two of them with the bases loaded and the rally caps on. Yeah. You know, we, we, they say hindsight's twenty twenty. We can look back and say like, well, that that call should not have been made. But there were so many opportunities throughout the game, both sides, both U13s exactly. and U18s, where we might not have had to come down to an, a call, which ended up going against both teams. Yeah. And that's how you prepare your kids for all year. Yeah. And, and, and I think it's important to note, too, that uh, 
each of these teams is part of Kanawagi sports history. Yes. Uh, in making it to the provincials. Yeah. Uh, you know, and going, and, you know, and, and being, uh, you know, some of the top teams in the whole province, right? That, you know, the, the U15s being the, the fourth team in the province. Uh, you know, it's nothing, uh, nothing to be ashamed of. No, and, absolutely and, not. Uh, you know, in hockey, there's there we, we've never had any teams go to provincials. We've had teams win regionals, but but not even make it to the you know. There's no no regionals for our provincials for uh, for B category, and this yeah. is is something just something else. And to see that, uh, you know, it's uh, it, it was you know really you know emotional uh, to see to see you know these kids uh, uh, work all summer and 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 and, and get there right. But it's really cool to think about it because all three teams that were in the regionals, well, there was one night when all three were playing at the same time. Greg, Brady, and myself are messaging amongst each other, seeing, trying to figure out who's going where. It's like, and then this past Friday, there's a game at 11, 1, 1 It's like, okay, Greg, where are you going? Brady, where are you going? Like messaging amongst each other, just trying to figure out who's going where to cover which game. That made it hard for us too because the U15s, uh, that's my call up team. Yeah. I couldn't call up because they had games scheduled around the same time. Or if I did call them up, they'd be able to come for an hour and then had to leave. And now I'm playing short, playing chance. I got nine players. I got one kid that gets hurt. Well, we're forfeiting the game. So it, it, it was tough. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. But for, for us, the fans, like it made it things a little bit more interesting to be able to go see all of this and to be able to. See and know where we started. Like, beginning of the year, Jesse and I were we were talking amongst ourselves, amongst each other about how things were looking, what the outlook was like. We never said that all three teams are going to win championships. We said, you know, all three teams look strong. Yeah, they all got a good chance. They all got a good chance. We didn't think we'd be all three of them would be winning regional championships within twenty four hours. So being able to do that, and then of course that day in Saint Lazar, where all three teams are scheduled to play back to back to back. I can't imagine what the atmosphere must have felt, would have felt like if all three won on the same day. We ended up having a parade last week, last Wednesday, or two Wednesdays ago. But to imagine, can you imagine if all three won on the same day? That would have been great. Uh, the support from the fans, from all all the teams, and all the teams staying by to watch the games. It just would have been would have been a great. But shit happens, huh? Yeah, well, it, it does. <laughs> It does, and let's not let how the the end result was deter the kind of season that all three teams had because all three teams had incredible years. They're all success stories within their own rights. U15s and U18s getting that extra practice, playing against A-caliber teams, coming back to B and coming overcoming some tough uh, results uh, with you guys, especially with uh, the forfeit in the first game of the playoffs, to come back and to win. When you were kind of put behind the eight ball because you had to play that extra game, yeah, in between, and then the U15s obviously being able to come back and flex some muscle and and show that they were more than just like a two three man team, because that was the, that was his perception, that was a stereotype. The quarterfinal round, their bottom three hitters went a combined nine for nine. Semifinal round, they had players come out and help the team just overcome the competition. I think it was like 13-3. Like they literally just overpower them. Kind of the same way you guys had playing the semis. And the finals, that's where that pitching came through. Yeah. That's where you need them to pick up. That's where you stand. Uh, that's where they got to show up, man. Pitching. Pitching is the game. 
Make you or break you. And that pretty much does it for this section of it. But guess what? There's still more baseball because tonight, U9 House League, gold medal game, red against blue. Girls teams starting their regionals. Fall ball getting started. And oh, yeah, we, we, we forgot a couple of things. There's... There's football season right now, and then there's hockey season, which eventually gets going. Yeah, I don't know how, how you guys felt, but being able to see that arena open up, like the pictures of people inside the arena watching their kids practice. Oh, yeah, that was great because we haven't seen that in, in 18 months, right? In, exactly. All yeah. I could think about was the sports complex with Tim. <laughs> <laughs> it was so nice Saturday, my son's first uh, game with his uh, new team, U18. Be able to go in the arena, watch the game again, it's it's medicine, man. It's yeah. medicine to watch your kids play. Absolutely. I agree 100%. And we hadn't had that for a while. And, like, the question I posed before was, do you appreciate what you have? Because before the pandemic started, maybe some of us would have taken that question for granted. Yeah. I mean, and I think that's what we've learned uh, through the last 18 months is that um, all the things we missed, yeah. we, like, really missed, were things that we took for granted that were always going to be there. And, and now that they were they were taken from us, uh, you know, the, the ability to just go watch a minor hockey game or or, or lacrosse or or anything, yeah, you know, uh, you know, and not being able to do that, and, and the arena being closed up until uh, last week, uh, yeah. from from March thirteenth onwards, uh, you know, and um, you know, to, for it to be back is, is is just phenomenal. I don't know about you guys, but it was like the the year where I got the most inboxes tags or anything just asking about like updates like just what's going on over here what's the score can you go live when you're in the final inning like so much so i mean really we can look back at this year we'll look back at this pandemic overall when in a few years and be like we remember where we were that sunday when all three gunawaga teams were playing for the regional championships that's something that you john ronnie and all the players should look back and and smile upon because you kept this community entertained for a darn good summer this year. Yeah, it was so great. Tip, we tip your hat to you, Jesse Lahash, head coach U18s. Tip your hat to the kids for us, and we tip our hats to them as well because we've had a great time yes, uh, throughout the summer. That's Jesse Lahash, head coach of the U18 Warhawks. Coming up in just a little bit, Greg and I will take five good minute, minutes to remember Dean Hill. Welcome back to The Cycle. Brandon Bordeaux alongside uh, Greg Horn. Uh, today is uh, Monday, September 13th. And uh, Greg, this past uh, week, we ended up uh, having a to endure a very difficult loss uh, within not only just the Gunnawagi Mohawks family, not only in the Iroquois Nationals uh, family, but just the lacrosse family and really all across uh, Turtle Island in general. Uh, Dean Hill. Who uh, played with McGonawagi Mohawks in the 2013 Presidents Cup was the offensive coordinator, but essentially, basically in 2019, uh, Presidents Cup champion, passed away at the age of uh, 36. This is going to be a tough one. Oh yeah, this is going to be a tough one. Greg. Yeah, I mean, uh, I, I I first met Dean in 2007 at the World Indoor Lacrosse Championships in uh, Halifax, Nova Scotia. Uh, you know, he was a key part of the Iroquois Nationals uh, offense uh, back then. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was a phenomenal player uh, and uh, really 
um, you know, was like just one of those one of those guys that, you know, uh, you wanted on your team. And, you know, and he's just, you know, getting that 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 message saying that he had passed away was uh, it was heartbreaking. Yeah, I heard it uh, basically because I was talking I was talking to a buddy of mine, just, you know, a big, big part of the lacrosse community. We we're just kind of shooting the breeze. And he tells me, I've heard that Dean passed. And he didn't quite indicate who, who he heard it from. But when I found out, quite a reliable source. So I kind of just stayed away from social media. I was like, you know how some things like not saying that this would be blown out of proportion, but some things could be. Something could be blown. Maybe, maybe it's just maybe just a bad rumor. And then we got the message. Uh, the Six Nations Rivermen uh, Instagram confirmed it right around four or five o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, unfortunately, yeah, you know, away and, in the morning. And, and I had uh, I had heard it late morning, and I was just like, no, it's can't can't be right. Um, and then the first thing I seen was. Because uh, Dean had played several years in for the Victoria Shamrocks yep. uh, senior A team in in British Columbia, and they they put out something, uh, you know, offering condolences to to his family and friends, and and you know, I it, it was, you know, having trouble talking about it right now. Yeah, no, you know, for like, sure, definitely. You know, and 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 you know that was you know something very, uh, you know, that for me, okay, it's real, you know, yeah. and. and uh, so, you know, uh, I, I ended up writing a, a short message, uh, sharing the Victoria Shamrocks, uh, post on the Gunawagi Mohawks, um, f- Facebook account and Twitter account, um, uh, you know, just, uh, because, you know, he was, a, a, a big part of the 2013, uh, team, yeah. uh, you know, and, and he, he was, uh, you know, we won. We won silver, losing. You know, uh, losing the gold medal game uh, at home to Saint uh, to Saint Catherine's uh, Saints. Saints, yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, you know, became really good friends and talked uh, throughout the throughout the years. And uh, always wanting to to come back to Ganawangi for for one reason or another. And um, you know, as we're bu- building up to the. 2019 President's Cup uh, shot him a message, and he was coaching now, mm-hmm. uh, saying, "Hey, you want to you want to work with bats and, uh, and 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 come run the offense for uh, for President's Cup?" And he's like, "Yep, I'm in. I'm down. You know, let, let, uh, I'll, I'll be there. I'll be there first thing. You know, and and you know, he came came down, and um, you know, he was an integral part of the team uh, mm-hmm. for that week, and um, you know, we left the door open that, uh, you know, uh, that he, he could be back in uh, one shape or, uh, or form with the, you know, the coaching staff of the Mohawks in the future. And, uh, you know, and, and, you know, it's just, you know, it's just heartbreaking. Yeah. And it, what, what, what's really tough is like, you see him, it's, it's, it's like losing a family member. It's like losing a family member who you've seen evolve from like a, a 22, 23 year old kid to uh, a vital member of two silver medal winning teams, the Iroquois Nationals, to a professional lacrosse player uh, playing NLL, and then eventually transitioning to to coaching. Like, yeah. Not every single great player could do that. Like, yeah, and, he's and, Wayne Gretzky, and, and 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 he was a very successful coach, winning yep. winning uh, Minto Cup, winning uh, Founders Cup, and you know, and and 
you know, his he was just a special uh, lacrosse person. Yeah, he, he really was. And honestly, just a special person. I remember getting the chance the first time I talked to Dean, he was still playing National Lacrosse League. And he, he never once gave you the impression that he was a professional lacrosse player unless you were talking about the game, unless you've seen him play the game, because he was just his name. His nature was quite humble and he was very outgoing, very sociable, very much like I might be a professional, but that doesn't make me like a better person than you or whatnot, because I'm going to talk to you like you're you're one of the a good person that I just met. Yeah, good- he, he was he was one of those guys that was just down to earth. And, you know, I mean, from Six Nations and, uh, you know, just just. You know, a guy, a guy wanting to play lacrosse and and happened to be, um, you know, one of the best in 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 all Haudenosaunee communities. Yeah, he he really was, and he was a that big left-handed shot on offense, which, you know, you can't really have enough of, especially when you're trying to win a twenty the President's Cup, like they've been, like the Mohawks were trying to doing do here in 2013 uh, for that tournament. So our condolences going out to Dean, uh, his family, his friends, his teammates, and everyone within the uh, Six Nations uh, community. Dean Hill, we will miss you. And uh, thank you very much for joining us at home. I am Brandon Bordeaux for Greg Horn and Brady Cross St. Anna Guy Why. The views and opinions of the guests expressed in this podcast do not reflect those of Redivise and its employees.